everyone, it's Roger here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. It is episode number 230. And this week, we're going to be talking about all the big kind of changes going on with Marvel, big slowdown. We're also going to be talking about what's going to be coming up on Disney Plus in March and picking out some of our favorites. But before we get into any of that, just a quick bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you do subscribe here on YouTube. You can also subscribe on all the different audio platforms as well. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook. Feel free to join our Facebook group. Also, a big thank you to our Patreon and YouTube channel members. Your support really helps so much because, especially like with um, like advertising, it just means that with your support, we can carry on doing all the podcasts and all the videos and stuff. So you can become a member from as little as $2. But let's start off with some news. So a little couple of little um, nuggets that I wanted to jump into before bring James in and we discuss some of this week's biggest news. So up first... Um, just overnight, it was confirmed by Deadline that um, Big Shot and also the Mighty Ducks Game Changers have been cancelled after two seasons. They are not going to be returning. Um, I'm going to be honest, I was not at all surprised with either of these cancellations. I'm just glad that it's out there now so that people don't kind of keep putting it in the comments and stuff on the official ones because so many people are doing that one. Um, Big Shot, I always felt that was when they did the binge drop, they literally dropped like one trailer, one poster, barely any um, publicity. And it was gone. And even the end of the series kind of felt a little bit like they've gone to college and it, it was open, but at the same time, it kind of been wrapped up. And then when John Stamos said that he was um, this close to having the first season cancelled and he managed to kind of talk Peter Rice around to kind of giving a second one while all the girls are still young enough to film it. So I wasn't at all surprised by that one. I think there's a similar problem maybe for the Mighty Ducks game changes of the kids are getting older. They had to make a decision. I don't think the second season was anywhere near as supported as well as the first one. There was hardly um, any publicity, very few like trailers or posters. It was just seemed to get buried. I'll be honest, I completely bit, um, sort of, I tried watching the second season. I think I got about three or four episodes in and I just gave up because I thought it was I didn't think it was very good. Um, the, I, I enjoyed the first three episodes of the first um, series. That was kind of before the pandemic hit, and then it kind of all went a little bit ropey. But the, it was okay. The second season was just so dull and full of cliches. Um, I think losing Emilio Estevez really kind of hurt that show. But I wasn't at all surprised. But I'd love to know, uh, what do you think of those two shows not coming back? Um, two other shows that we're kind of waiting on to hear about are Willow. Obviously, they've teased that there's going to be two more seasons doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen. And then we've got also National Treasure Edge of History. The good news is this past week on the Nelson streaming charts, it did actually get on there. Um, but however, the minutes were, were tiny. I mean, we're talking like two, three hundred minutes um, on most weeks, never would have made it on there. But it was just a really light week. And so it managed to get on there. So it did something Willow didn't do. Um, but I'm still not entirely sure if that show is going to come back. Personally, I'd rather have more Willow because I thought that was at least a fun show and I enjoyed it. National Treasure, Edge of History, just, it just didn't click with me. But yeah, I'd love to know, would you like to see both of those series come back? I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. Okay, let's also now talk a little bit about A Small Light. This is a brand new series coming from ABC National Geographic. It's going to be airing on the National Ge Geographic channel in the US on the 1st of May. And then it's going to be arriving on Disney Plus the next day. and has then been confirmed for other countries for the 2nd. So kind of like a global release, but National Geographic are getting it a day earlier. Two episodes to begin with, new episodes weekly. I'm loving the fact that it's going to be coming out on Tuesdays. I think that's a good way of kind of pulling it away maybe from the Marvel and the Star Wars content and just kind of giving it a little bit of a breather. So I'm looking forward to that, just a little bit different. And I always think that's kind of fun to have. And it looked a little bit more kind of serious. And I, I, yeah, it just, that whole show definitely kind of has caught my attention. 
Also, this past week, it was revealed that um, HBO content is going to be leaving at Disney Plus Hotstart in India. I'm no worried yet on when that's going to be happening. They've been getting shows like this is um, sort of The Last of Us, which I'm loving. I was watching an episode last night, and it was this horde and this big monster coming. It was great. I'm loving the series. I think it's fantastic. Even though I've played the game, I'm still really enjoying the series. So that's been there. And also, in India, there has been a massive problem with Disney Plus Hotstar being down. Um Looks like there might have been a domain or DNS issues, which might have caused basically the whole thing to go down. There's still been some issues this morning with some people not being able to get onto it. But some of this just seems to be getting the DNS. Because I know when I do stuff, you know, if I make a, a change on the website or you change service, sometimes it can take um, a day for things to get sorted. It takes so long for it to kind of populate around the world. So there we go. So that is um, some of this week's news. So let's just, before we jump into the conversation and bring James in, just a big thank you to our patrons and YouTube channel members, including Dana. We've also got Jonathan, DJ Frost, Top, Ben, Tim, Chuck, David, Mamad. We've got Raphael, Adam, Ricky. We've also got my VCR still works, Bina, Joshua, Martin, and Sarah. And also a big hello um, over on Patreon for Babak, Paul, Daniel, Aero, Caleb, Red Mars, Ben, Cody, Jacob, Darren, Lauren, Sarah, the Gazeppi, and also Andrew. So thank you so much for your continued support. Okay, so let's jump into it. So we've got a couple of different topics we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about um, kind of what's going on with Marvel, um, the slowdown of content, films, etc. We'll also be taking a look at what's coming up on Disney Plus in March and sharing our thoughts on what we're looking forward to. We're just going to go through the highlights rather than everyone. And then also we're going to be doing um, a deep dive into our review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But that'll be right at the end of the show. So we'll do that right at the end when it, we go into a bit of spoilers then. But there won't be any before that. Right. So let's start off. Let's start off talking. I think the main topic here today is the the um, the Marvel slowdown. Um, this past week, um, Kevin Feige was on with, uh, he did an interview with Entertainment Weekly. And he said that they're going to be slowing down the pace, slowing down the numbers um, shows. We're not going to have the same pace that's coming in. Um, report then from the Hollywood Reporter saying that we looks like we're only going to be getting... Um, Secret Invasion and Loki as the live action series, and there was a press. There was a presentation during the quarterly results last week where they had X Men ninety seven on it, the animated series. I think that one's safe for this year as well. But as a drastic, drastic change from the San Diego Comic Con last year lineup, which had five live action series, I think three animated series, all the movies. Um, but yeah, what did you, what what are your first impressions when you hear of this slowdown? Uh, I was a little disappointed, actually, because I, I I know a lot of people have been feeling kind of like overwhelmed with the number of series, but I've been enjoying having them come back to back. But it's probably for the best if it's going to help keep the quality up or improve the quality, depending on your, your thoughts on the matter. Um, and as long as they can make them feel like they're shows that you should be watching, then, then I guess that's ultimately the best way to go about it, because... Um, you know the the two that we've got coming up this year definitely feel like they're they're much more relevant than say like Miss Marvel was or She Hulk was last year. Yeah, I mean for me, I I think going down to two is like oh that's a bit tight. We probably could have, it's probably better to get an, at least one more in there and just kind of wean us off because go from five to two was quite a big drop. Um, I'll be honest, I've kind of enjoyed having this break between uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special and Ant-Man. It was kind of quite nice to have a little bit of a breather because it was like when the logo came up when I was watching the movie, it was like, ah, it was like special. It was like, oh, I haven't seen this bright brand new for a while. So that was kind of, I did enjoy that. 
Um, I do think the thing is with this whole slowdown is that I think it's on so many different levels. First off, the money. These Marvel shows are expensive and they are looking to save $3 billion. And some people kind of go, well, if they've already filmed them, they've already spent it. Just Yeah. With the saving that they're going to make next year and this year of essentially you've got a massive pizza. Um, you can feed so many people, but if you give everyone a slightly smaller slice, they can all have a little bit, you know, it can go around a little bit more without spending any more money. Um, so as I basically look at this. I think we're probably going to end up with Agatha, Echo, and Ironheart next year in 2024. And I think Daredevil is going to be slunted back into 2025. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if they cut the amount of episodes in that one. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that ends up happening. Yeah, we were we were kind of surprised at the number of episodes to begin with. So yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me though. I hope they don't. If uh, mm. if the writing or the the script writing has already gotten to the point where they're down to individual episodes, because that would be a pretty big rewrite mm. to go. We had eighteen episodes and now we have twelve or however many. I mean, there's the the only other thing I thought of they might end up splitting that one into two and doing like part like basically split into two seasons and doing and spreading out a little do like a bit of a, a strange things where they kind of spread spread them out um also a little bit of discussion from kevin feige about doing like individual episodes kind of like um single stories we saw a little bit of it with she hope uh it's got i think they're very much learning of how they're going along of not everything maybe has to be interconnected um and especially if longer episodes is something that they can kind of jump into but um, yeah, this whole kind of slowdown of Marvel, I was a little bit like, oh, that's, that's a real slowdown. Because they've also announced this week that the Marvels has shifted back um, to November the 10th um, from July. And uh, now Haunted Mansion is going to release a week earlier. Um, so again, we've got that's another little, little bit of a wait. Um, no word yet on any um, holiday specials. Uh, we also have heard that Nova, the, that's kind of slowed. But Wonder Man is set to start filming something, and they've not even officially announced that one yet. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about that one, to be honest. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they get to play him. But uh, that interconnected bit is the interesting one to me, because Marvel has always tried to make us feel like their shows and stuff are connected with the movies. So going back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and now into the more recent ones <laughs> where you know, WandaVision leads into um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, yeah. and to a very small extent, Loki led into um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. But having seen the movies, uh, with no spoilers for Ant-Man, that it doesn't seem like it's necessary at all to have seen these shows at all. So they they want you to, to be like, these shows are important, but then when you actually see the movie, it's like, oh, yeah, these are the kids. Uh, you don't actually need to see it, but they, they're in the show if you want to know a little bit more it, it kind of just fills them out a little bit more it fills it out um i think we're both like dr strange and ant-man it kind of helps fill out those characters a little bit more um than we already know so i think that does help but i think they've a uh, phase four was, has been such a weird little series uh sort of they drastically ramped up so much there was so much content in phase four um, people didn't, you know, the, there was issues. Some people say of the quality, you know, it wasn't quite up to the same standard that we saw with the first three phases. Um, I personally felt the films were fine. Some of the series I could see where, um, you know, we said like with uh, Miss Marvel, it kind of got a bit wishy-washy in the middle. Um, She-Hulk was all over the place in terms of quality. I enjoyed the show and I actually liked the fact that it didn't feel quite so 
big if they're a little bit mm-hmm. more smaller um but i think that might be where they go but yeah i think we are drastically going to see a massive a massive shift in because i've seen people kind of saying like oh i'm not going to be subscribed well it's like yeah well, you're going to get like marvel they're probably going to alternate much more now between the two um and i think they're definitely leaning in more on on the linear stuff that they're making but i think it was just inevitable they could not keep that pace of marvel content up indefinitely yeah and it's it's unfortunate as our, as we've talked about in the past too it's very hard to tell how much money a show brings in when it's on disney plus only uh how do you calculate those numbers obviously they have people whose entire job is to calculate those numbers but when you get down to it it's very easy to go to the box office and say uh doctor strange made this amount of money opening weekend it made this over the course of the entire run and then the bean counters can go okay well we will approve these shows based on that strength you go into Disney Plus. Well, WandaVision made you know, had this many people watching it, but you know what's the value per watch because each person's watch value is different, and and so on. So it does make sense that this is where they would be. Looking and also, at. I, and I also think as well, this is this is not just Disney. This is happening across all of the platform, all the other streamers. They're all now at the point of going. We've been spending a bucket ton of money on all the stuff, and we've had we've had. In, in fairness, I would say we've had so much from different platforms to the point where you couldn't actually watch everything because there was too much coming out. And this is not, and I said, you know, this is Netflix, Paramount, um, Peacock, all the different things. There's so much has been coming out, and they've all been spending money to get us subscribed. And they've come to the conclusion that they're spending this much money, but we will only there's only so many subscribers, and there's only so far we will go. We are seeing consolidation. Um, Showtime and Paramount. Uh, plus this week of uh, they're kind of putting together a merger um we'll see i mean i even saw yesterday i think um mgm plus and stars and amazon are all kind of doing bundles and stuff you know we're seeing them kind of consolidate together because chasing that rainbow of netflix costs too much money and producing these marvel shows and i think especially like what we saw last year with them overlapping with the star wars stuff we will not see that i think again i don't think we'll see that again for years if ever. Yeah, probably not. It, it depends on your definition too, though. You, you know, it's not going to be the high budget things, but like X-Men 97 might also overlap with something the way yeah. Bad Batch might overlap with something or the equivalent. And we're, you know, for Star Wars, we've got a couple of things dropping on May the 4th. So there's different content being coming yeah. in there, but that's also, you know, this is the hol- the Star Wars holiday. So yeah. That is- yeah. I mean, there's also, Lucasfilm are going to have to cut back on what they're doing. There's apparently been a big push on them to get back into doing cinema releases because obviously they bring in billions, whereas the TV shows, you know, we're still going to get free shows this year. Um, and we are probably, you know, we're probably going to, I think we'll probably end up seeing them drop down to maybe two a year um, for next year as well. Um, but if they're eight episodes a piece and you've got them in Marvel, you're looking at probably around about 30 to 35 weeks of the year throwing some animated projects in the movies, you can easily like get at least one of them out. It's just a shame in some way that Disney Plus is so reliant on them as the the draws. But it, it's a real it's a real odd one because, I mean, um, you can see that they are shifting the focus away from, um, from just making originals in the same way they used to. But, yeah. And also I'm wondering, I think the, I think the cinema releases, they're still very much going to be focused on they'd rather have four movies out than four shows out. I think Star Wars, though, it's also a much uh, more obvious example of, you know, having too many shows or maybe not putting enough 
behind any particular show really hurt it because the the quality difference between Andor and Book of Boba Fett last week was massive. And even Andor and, and Obi-Wan, which should have been the pillar show. Obi-Wan should have yeah. been, you know, the the big one there was on. And I did enjoy it, but there were also moments in it um, where it's like, where's the budget in this going at all? For me, it was that scene, I think, after like the third or fourth episode where Darth Vader is holding the the transport that's trying to get away. I'm like this looks like it's part of a Disney ride, not part of a Star Wars movie or show. Yeah, I think I think we're really going to see a shift away from this. Just It's kind of like, if it almost feels like we're going to, you know, Bob Iger said about the, you know, we're going into like a cost consideration kind of stage of the business. And it does feel like Disney Plus is kind of going, we're going for a new phase. You know, we've, it's no longer shining and new. Now it needs to make money. You know, it's like you've been getting away over you got till you got the end, end of next year, kid, to make some money. <laughs> you know, now now it's like you've got to make some money by next year. Also, keep in mind this is not a surprise on the Disney side. That with projects like this, and this is true for all of the streaming companies or, or video game companies or anything like that, you when you launch a product like this, you expect to not make money. You are gonna put it in at a low pro price point, you're gonna put a lot of money behind the content because you want people to subscribe. In fact, this is probably happening earlier than Disney expected to where they've gone. The numbers are much higher than we projected at this point. If you you go back to the launch and, you know, it, it basically was just an upward slope. Now they're at the point where uh, things are normal. The subscribers are there. They need to make the money. This was probably not going to happen for another two years. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's in a in a weird backwards way, this is actually a good sign because it, it means that Disney is now confident in the platform and the growth has reached where they want it to be at, which I'm not happy as a consumer, but uh, good for them, I hope. Yeah, I think we are really seeing now this shift. And it's not just, again, not just Disney, um, Paramount and Comcast are doing the same things. Of, um, I think they this, this, it, there's been like these blinkers up of like, that is chat that is linear and that is streaming and now we're getting to that point of going you know we're spending all this money here. if we put them all together that makes <laughs> it means we're saving money and the star wars and marvel are the kind of the key draw in to get subscribers but the trouble is it's kind of that situation i feel like it's like yeah we've got you guys you're subscribed but we can't get any more of you and i do wonder if like feedback from there being too many shows consumers feeling a little bit um confused with it all i mean the motivator saga is is complicated enough introducing a whole host of characters that people maybe were less familiar with in one way it, it's good for us as fans but um you know my wife said to me as so i said to us like you know do you want to go see ant-man because you know we're on our way and she's just dropping me off at cinema and i'm like she's like nah nah i've i've lost interest and like my mum and dad were like oh it's I, I don't know i can't keep up with all and it's just like i'm like okay well if my I know there's certainly a, a very small scope of people, but that's like to me, that's the that represents the a the bigger audience away from the from the fans. You know, if 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 they are talking about it, then I know it's hit a different level. You know, when my wife says to me, Oh, is, is Avatar still in the cinema? Like she never goes to the cinema. That's when I know it's reached a different audience. But um, yeah, it's it's gonna be strange. I think I think last I think. I know last year when they announced all those um, shows, it was a bit like, I'm like, well, the Star Wars, like, you're, we're going to have like two, three things a week. And 
the audience just doesn't seem to be in and then that doesn't include other shows you know like a small light and other things that don't maybe get the same attention because the marvel and star wars just soaks up all that advertising because that's the other thing advertising budgets the budgets to make them the budgets to promote them they're you know bob Iger has said that he's going to be cutting back on how much they promote disney plus just that's the other side of things and it's not just making a show for you know 100 million it's then spending 50 to 100 million marketing it right and again that's the sign that they feel like they've reached the number of subscribers that they're going to reach sure they'll always be that they're always going to hope for an upward curve on the subscriber graph but you know if they're dropping marketing that that means they feel like you know for every dollar spent you're not getting the money back in terms of uh people buying into the program so yeah it's yeah it's just, it isn't it is i think we're at a point where you know we see it here in the uk you know there's certainly certain things that they advertise you know i've seen like the black panther movie being advertised on television so bus go by the other day we welcome the chippendales with the big disney plus logo on it um and you know there is going to be a limit to what you know you can definitely tell with disney plus here in the uk they only promote certain things i think we're at a point where they'd be better off doing like a multi-programmed like trailers where it's like here's three shows that are out now or coming out and focus and kind of do a, a less focus on one story and kind of going because we have it here on some of the adverts it's like look what we've got we've got Grey's Anatomy we've got you know Star Wars and we've got Marvel and we've got The Simpsons that kind of thing rather than just focusing just on one show but yeah so we're gonna see and we are gonna see a bit of a slowdown I think you know it's not it's not might not be a bad thing and then also if they spend a bit more money on visual effects because there's a big backlog of trying to get that sorted because every film and every series is just too much but i think um i think even the guy from fx said we were at peak television last year there was we they were spending so much and also there's another issue that um, doesn't we don't really talk about too much there could be potential writers strikes coming up in a couple of months so what they're doing is um stockpiling shows for next year so now they've basically if there was a strike for a year disney plus has got enough content in the can to ride that through now without any issues um that's why there's a lot of cancellations and stuff because they want to get rid of they, you know they're just trying to sort out all these problems before everything comes in but yeah very very messy at the minute yeah i i actually hope that the writer strike goes well for the writers i the the whole industry needs to overhaul how they pay their talent the, the ones that are not on screen so uh it'll yeah. it'll it'll be annoying in terms of content especially if it drags out like it did uh previously but i, I actually wish the writers good luck with that if they go I, forward i kind of go into the idea really of i i i don't i'm not a huge fan of the residual system um being honest i would i think they should be paid i think there's that kind of thing of paid up front more and you, you do a job, you do it, you got paid, you made the show, and you got, and that's kind of it. Because the trouble with residuals is that if the show doesn't get picked up, they don't get any more money, so they would have made well, more. But also, the show gets more and more expensive the longer it goes on, um, because the days of it going out onto syndication and out onto other platforms, they are going to be going out probably now more to fast networks and stuff. But um, it's, it's kind of a tricky one. I mean, I it's as I can see why they would it'd be better off for the probably for most people just to get a bit a bigger chunk at the front because of the stream and then they've kind of but it, it's such a complicated system and it's a double-edged sword because yeah if your show doesn't get picked up then you're not really getting residuals 
But on the other hand, if you contribute to a major show or a show, a sleeper hit show, you know, and you get paid $5,000 up front or whatever the, the industry minimum is, then you, you look at them and it becomes a billion dollar juggernaut thing. You're like, I got paid 5,000 and I'm actually a pretty critical component of that. But yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I, I'm actually a much bigger fan of the residual because it lets the companies take a bigger risk. If I, if uh, I'm hiring a writer and a boom operator and all this, these things, then uh, it's nice to be able to go, okay, I'm not paying you that much now because our budget's really low, but if we take off, you'll get a lot more and you're more likely to draw on some talent doing that as opposed to, well, now I've got to pay, you know, a much bigger upfront, which means I need a, need a much bigger budget to begin with, which means it's going to be much harder to sell it to the studios. But there's arguments in both directions. There's no perfect yeah. system. And honestly, all it comes down to is everyone just needs to be paid more to begin with. Uh, that's, I mean, any industry. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's catch straight too, isn't it? No matter no matter which way it is, it's always tricky at this point um, on both sides because it is it is always a case of a balancing act. Um, ultimately, you know they do you know everyone needs to get paid fairly for it, and it's also that kind of weird thing of hopefully as well if with the thing is with residuals, it's a streaming. They need to give out accurate stats because that's the problem because they they can hide the stats away at the minute. Um, so much easier than they could on linear, but also the whole industry shifted, you know, the linear network and then them going on to like syndication channels. And that's where they used to make all their money was on the syndication networks. Well, that essentially is going to, I feel is going to become the fast networks, the Pluto TVs where people are going to go and just kind of churn through this stuff. I, 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 I don't use, I don't really use, I had to look at Pluto TV and just, it just looked like a load of like, it looked like the, the back end of the Amazon section of just like stuff you never want to watch. Um, yeah. It was a bit like, Oh, okay. I, some, I mean, obviously like channel four and stuff, sometimes there's some things on that I might watch, but um, yeah, it's a little bit of an odd one for me. I don't quite get the appeal. It depends on what market you're going for. So like you and I sitting at home, we're, we're probably not turning on Pluto TV unless we really, really, really want to watch this show from the 60s or 70s or something like that. Uh, but on the other hand, you go into, say, a doctor's office or, uh, you know, someplace with a waiting area. Pluto TV starts looking like a very good option for them because it's safe content uh, in terms of like, you don't you're not going to mm. worry about little Timmy finding about things you don't want him to lear learn about in the waiting room of the doctor's office. And it, it's pamphlets you know, are enough for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, <laughs> it, you know, it's easier to distract the kids with yeah. the TV than it is. And it doesn't cost them anything or the business rate is very, very low. So it costs the business very mm. little to have this running and it keeps people placated while they're sitting in the waiting room for mm. an hour and a half because you know the wait times yeah. explode or something like that i also That's feel like the, the market yeah. yeah but also i feel as well as this massive market with people that aren't subscribed to lots of platforms and it, especially the a younger in some ways a younger audience that are trying to save money but also an older audience that maybe like being f like more like a traditional channel where things are just like fed um very yeah it's a very odd one it's it's kind of um I think and I think this is the trouble is television's changing so much and just trying to just sort it all out. But yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what's happening with Marvel, but we'd love to know your thoughts on all of this in the comments below. Okay, so let's move now on to what's coming up on Disney Plus um, in March. So we've had the US list, we've also had the Canada list, and we've had a UK list. The thing is with the UK one is it's, it's just the highlights. 
So I'm just going to run through some of these things. I'm not going to uh, anything that's kind of um, National Geographic or anything like that. We're not going to bother too much about. Um, so a couple of highlights. Obviously, we're going to be getting new episodes of The Mandalorian every Wednesday right through the month, along with a new episode of The Bad Batch with the double episode finale at the end of March. So those definitely the kind of the key ones. I'm getting new episodes of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, a new Marvel documentary called Empower, which is um, basically all about um, female characters and people on and off the screen. Um, Chan Can Dunk, a brand new film coming on March the 10th. So that's a basketball film. Um, don't know too much. We, I mean, that's not even a month away and we've not had a trailer or anything. We've got like one image. There was um, one thing that, <laughs> oh yeah. I was going to say, I think, this is how I found out about the film was the release list. I don't remember ever discussing this one previously. It was about about 18 months ago, I think we found out about yeah. it. Now there's one here which I thought was a little bit interesting. Was Disney's NHL Big City Greens Classic live stream. This is I think this is just US only. They're doing a live stream on ESPN of um a game from Madison Square Garden. And there's gonna be that's gonna be on ESPN. There's also gonna be like a live stream. And I'm not sure if it's like an, an animated version with City Green people on Disney XD and on Disney Plus. I don't know if it's going to be airing with the uh, like dual screen or if it's just going to be. This is going to be really weird. It's the first thing that they've done. This is brand new. This is like really weird. Um, yeah, it just I was just like, okay, this is really experimental. It's like, are we going to have like a, this an animated um game just running around for like 90 minutes i don't even know how long a hockey game is but yeah this was and you play hockey so what did, what did you think of this i didn't pay too much attention to this to be honest because a lot of there's a there's a lot of specialty games in the nhl now so i was just kind of like oh this is one of the the outdoor classic heritage whatever games uh you know it's the gimmick of of the last couple of years so honestly i didn't pay that close attention to it and I, I don't think that's going to change, even finding out what it is. I'll well, check it out because yeah. it, it's good to know what's going on with the live streaming stuff. And, yeah. you know, Disney Plus is building more and more of that. But uh, I wish them I wish them luck on it. I guess that's a yeah, thing about I, it. I don't quite get it. It's like if you like if you want to watch the game, aren't you going to watch the game rather than just an animated version? I don't know. I don't know how, how this is going to work. It's going to be a bit I, odd. I'm glad they're trying something new. That's all it's yeah. going to be. And that might be worth tuning in for just to see what the heck they're going to do with it. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd, I would honestly rather just watch the game, but yeah, or, or not at all. So Yes. Um, also, on March 15th, we're going to be getting four seasons of Doogie Howser MD, some library content. So uh, the original series is arriving. Um, I haven't seen it since the 90s. Um, this is how Neil Patrick Harris got became a household name. Yeah, great. Great to see this on here. It would have been nice a year ago, but um, great to it, finally see this happening. Yeah, that, that's pretty much my thought. They should have done it when Doogie Kami Aloha Season 1 came out. and well, They should have done it when it was announced, before even right. the series came out, to kind of get it on there. Um, honestly, yeah, it should have been. But uh, I'm glad it's coming on there now. Uh, I'm Yeah. I have zero interest in watching it ever again, <laughs> but I'm glad it's there. And library yeah. content's never really a bad thing. I, I will watch the first episode. I honestly can't see myself going through four. I'll get the nostalgia kick from the first episode, and that will probably be like, oh, yeah, this is bad, and that'll be the end of it. Um, we're also getting um, Kef, a new animated series that's dropping on the same day. Turning Tables with Robin Roberts, two, uh, I think four episodes. So this is the second season of, um, I think it's the Good Morning America host, and she's just talking to different people. Um, 
I wasn't a big fan of the first one. It, it feels such a random thing to have on Disney Plus in terms of it feels like daytime television. I mean, this is like this is cheap. This is cheap television. This is like four people sat around a couch. I mean, this is basically a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just as like um i'm glad i'm glad that they, this thing's managed to survive a second season it's obviously going to be i think you know we're seeing a big shift in daytime television that just uh, this last week loads of classic shows have been running for like 15 20 years have been cancelled because they just took they're not getting the views that they used to get so they've got to try and find you know where this audience is it's it's, it's for a different audience it's not for not for everyone um, it kind of gives off like loose women, like the view vibes to me. But um, yeah, I'm glad it's coming in at least. Yeah, yeah. it's it's content for a different audience. It's not going to be the kind of thing that you know makes millions and millions and millions of views. But again, it's not that expensive to make, so it doesn't have to do all that well. And uh, it's just something different. But it, the daytime television uh, is really not doing well in the streaming era because why am I going to turn on? random game show versus just loading up netflix or disney plus uh if i'm stuck on the couch for whatever reason well i'm i mean i'll tend to watch like this morning which is like a um like to sat on the couch a traditional old-fashioned like tea but like in the afternoon and stuff yeah i'll just check on tv shows or down spotify or something but um i know like in the pandemic like with some of my staff back when we had the cafe and stuff i'd be like right you you got we're off we're closed you know, we might be off for months. Please just don't not watch, watch like daytime. You got, you know, I'll be like, watch this show, this show, this show, this show. <laughs> you know, all the shows right. that they never want. Like, you know, Game of Thrones. We have got all these shows to binge. You know, we've got the time now, so let's get on it. Um, yeah. So it's, it's uh, yeah. It's funny how few people binged Game of Thrones during the beginning of the COVID pandemic instead of watching everything else. But that's more of a commentary on yeah. Game of Thrones than anything else. Um, moving on from there, we got on March the seventeenth, we got Bono and the Edge, uh, a sort of homecoming with David Letterman. Um, I'm I am a fan of YouTube. I've actually, been, since they announced this, I've been listening to the um, best of albums, um, kind of in preparation for it. Kind of and like, yeah, I is like, okay, you know, I like about like 30, 40 of their songs. So I'm definitely in the fan. So it's like, I want to watch. This feels odd bringing David Letterman in because I, I mean, we don't tend to get a lot of the the, the late night talk shows. Like, wow. That's not a name I've heard for a while. It's like this is again. It feels it's you know it's, it's content for adults and a slightly older adult because um, I don't think it has the same appeal. Not the same you know audience that you know Olivia Rodrigo would go for. <laughs> it's just like, but for me, for, for for adults, I think this is. A, I, I'm looking forward to it. this one's This one should be fun. Yeah, I'm not as big a fan. I like a lot of their their older stuff. I and by older I mean like 80s. I guess yeah. 80s 90s. Um, I I haven't liked more of the more recent things but I, I will check it out and it is odd that letterman's name is even on it yeah. but uh I, i'm assuming they're trying to to pull in like two different groups of people to watch it and hope that that helps the ratings yeah it's almost like yeah uh yeah it's definitely go for a bit of an older one uh, we're also getting on the 22nd of march a new animated series kaya and the kimoji heroes that one um it's coming from e1 it's gonna be like i think that'll be global because it's they're basically launching a brand new platform a new series called Restaurants at the End of the World that will be airing on National Geographic next day on Disney Plus, something that we will start getting much more used to saying moving forward to in the US at least, because it makes no sense here because we don't have the channels. <laughs> That's what annoys me. Like, I don't get it. Why not just have it on the same day and have an easier, it's out on Tuesday the 17th? Because if someone tunes in at, at eight o'clock 
at night on Disney Plus because they they've seen the advert where it says on at eight o'clock or whatever is it'll be there. They won't be disappointed because it's where, <laughs> where it is. I know it's like well, it takes away from linear. Well, then it, it it's going to take it. They're different customers. They don't. It just it's uh, next day just bugs me. It just doesn't seem such a an old way of looking at at the internet. I think it's still just a compromise. Uh, yeah. Maybe it'll change at some point, but and yeah, I, I'm not. It, not too plus about it. So, yeah. um, speaking of next day on Disney Plus, um, on Saturday, March the twenty fifth, we're getting the third season of Secrets of Sofa Springs and the first few episodes of Saturdays, two brand new Disney Channel series. Um, now, one thing that actually uh, I got brought up a little bit today was so people going, "Well, okay, so they've cancelled like Big Shot and they've cancelled Mighty Ducks and they've cancelled all these shows and stuff," and it's like, "What are they replacing it with?" And it's like, "This, this is what they're replacing it with. They don't. They can duel up." on these shows and you know this it makes so much more sense to do to do this with this audience of use it on the disney channel use it on this so yeah so those family friendly i wouldn't even say they are sort of family friendly more child focused live action shows you're going to see this now you're going to see all of them are just going to be doubled up on disney channel and, and disney this, this will be how it will go also i would get out of the thinking of uh, a show getting canceled means it's getting replaced by something because that that is the linear way of thinking. Obviously, there's a time slot and the time slot just got freed up. So you have to put something into it. But there's nothing that says you have to replace a show in in the streaming world at all. Yeah. Um, moving on from there on Wednesday, the 29th, um, new episodes of Mickey Mouse Funhouse again. Bad Batch and Mandalorian. And finally, on March the 31st, we're getting Doogie Kamaloa MD season two, all of the episodes at once. So I'm like, Friday release? Okay, try and spread it out a little bit. I don't mind that. I think that's a good thing. All seasons at, at once, all episodes at once, like the red alerts going cancelled, cancelled, cancelled. It's <laughs> just like we've seen this before with some of the Disney Plus originals. When they do this, this is not a good sign, people. Um, yeah, if this thing makes a third season, um, I will be very surprised now. Um, yeah, I hope not. Well, I hope it's. I hope it does well, but this just it sends warning flares, doesn't it? It does, and with the cancellations that have been confirmed over the last week or so, you know, the, this one would have to do like absolutely crazy numbers for it to to survive into a third season. That's not a commentary on the show itself. It's just the chopping block is being actively used at the moment. And this seems like the obvious one. Yeah. And I mean, this one is very much, it looks like it's focusing more on this, um, like love triangle, actually might even be a love quartet kind of thing going on. Um, kind of interesting as well. Cause I think, um, the Elizabeth Payton, Elizabeth Lee and the guy Milo. And they, I think they actually got together in real life, um, at this event as well, filming it. So there's obviously, there's obviously going to have that little, usually that kind of it will translate onto the screen that there's a little bit more um than rather than just like two planks of wood just like looking at each other <laughs> so usually so yeah i don't know i've seen some pretty bland <laughs> relationships in real life too so hopefully hopefully um so there's that one now we're actually getting a double episode or double dose of peyton elizabeth lee because and milo because their other movie, Prom Pact, is coming out on the same day, the next day on Disney+. Plus. Um, having gone on the Disney Channel the day before. Um, yeah, so we're getting... And I'm like, oh, why are you doing this, Disney? It's like two people, two romantic things with the same actors on the same day. A movie and a series. Move on. 
I hope they do. I don't think they will, but it just feels like what you're basically this is the same audience is going to have to watch. It's like that you're just giving them a feast. If you like Milo and Peyton, you've just got a movie and a series all at once. Um, yeah, I, 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 it just seems a little bit odd of just doing them both at the same time. Yeah, especially since, you know, even delaying it just a week, one of them a week, that wouldn't really make any difference. So Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, so there we go. So that is that is the U, that's the US list. Um, just a couple of quick highlights here from the UK side of things. We're getting uh, the first 10 episodes of the second season of Abbott Elementary on the 1st of March. We're also getting Empire of Light on the 1st of March. Um, there's a new documentary called Finding Michael, um, which is all about um, a guy that got lost in on Everest. That's coming out on the 3rd of March, but that's also coming out in Canada. I suspect it will be across Europe and in Australia. I don't think it's getting a US release. I don't know what's going on with that one. Um, 17th of March um, on, Hulu, on Hulu in the US, Disney Plus around the world, The Boston Strangler a new film with um, Kieran Knightley. Um, also here in the UK on the 29th of March, we're getting the entire season of Kindred, which has already been cancelled. So I've got no interest in watching that in the slightest. It's like, you've held it back for three months and you've already cancelled it. It's like, yep, I am not wasting any of my time on that because that's the end of that one. Um, Arrested Development seasons one to three on the 22nd of March. Unprisoned, a brand new series from the Octave Collective, is dropping onto Disney Plus around the world and on Hulu on the 10th of March. Um, we're also getting um, the same thing as well with Up Here, a new comedy series. You're getting the entire series on the 24th of March, Hulu again in the US. Um, we're also getting uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur on the 1st of March, along with the FX series Black Narcissist. And a couple of quick highlights from the Canada list that we've not already mentioned. I'm just going to go down here, see if I see anything. Oh, History of the World Part 2. Um, that's going to be dropping on March the 6th. Two episodes a day for four days on Hulu in the US. No word yet if we're going to be getting it internationally. I think it's Australia's getting it. No word yet on the UK. Um, also, I know here in the UK we're getting Grey's Anatomy and Station 19. We're getting new episodes of that back from the 8th of March. And looking here at the uh, some great Sundays are going to be great for Disney Plus subscribers in Canada. You're getting your animation back with new episodes of Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, The Great North, and The Simpsons. That's like blimey, that's a good lineup for a, for a Sunday for new content. Um, other new things as well dropping throughout the month include new episodes of How I Met Your Father, along with um, Tokyo Revengers. Um, I think that's it in terms of the major major new ones. But the thing is, the Canada list is kind of like a hybrid between it gets all the decent stuff from Hulu and um, all the American stuff as well. So it's yeah, it's it's a kind of weird thing of like I look at like that list for like the UK, like yeah, okay, you throw in like Boston Strangler, Empire of Light, Grey's Anatomy, Station Nineteen, um, along with some of those other shows like Unprison stuff. Like yeah, it's, it's a good month. It's great, great lots lots of new stuff coming in. Lots of stuff that keep me entertained, so I'm looking forward to watching some of that stuff. Lack what about of, you? Uh, there's a big lack of Marvel content, but uh, you got M Power. <laughs> there's a big lack of Marvel. It, not not to uh, to get on the content of that, but it really does feel just like it's a fluff piece, uh, kind of patting ourselves on the back piece. Hopefully, it'll be good. Well, uh, I think it was, it's dropping on International Women's Day. Um, mm. so that's why oh well okay that makes makes much more sense then yeah uh that doesn't change 
the the kind of like back padding nature of it but hopefully it'll have some actual legitimate content in it that uh that makes it worthwhile to watch but yeah yeah so that that will be good to watch um so yeah so though that's kind of the lineup there right so that is um what's coming up in march um so what kind of jumped out at you other than the mandalorian <laughs> nothing <laughs> You're not ready for Doogie Kamaloa MD season two. You <laughs> no, honestly looking at the list, we skipped over the National Geographic yeah. stuff, obviously. So there's things in that that I'm looking forward to, but honestly, in terms of the original content, not a single dang thing. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I can't say I'm looking forward to March in terms of content for Disney. No, I've, I feel for me, um, excluding the Mandalorian and Bad Batch, um, Boss and Strangler. Is one um that you know a good movie from 20th century you can't go too wrong with that one um unprisoned give that i'll give that one a go up here again um another show i'll be checking i have got <sighs> the history of the world part two i have the, the trailers are just not appealing to me in the slightest it's like all these celebrities i don't know half of who you are because you're an american com comedy artist and i don't know who they are um i don't know that, that show's just not screaming to me to watch at the minute i i really want to like that and i'll give it a shot i'll give it a go yeah uh because i love mel brooks's work especially you know things like space balls and blazing saddles and so on but yeah that e even knowing well actually i don't know most of these artists either uh even having that aspect of it the trailers are just completely uninteresting I, it's, it's missing some spark yeah it's, it's just not it's missing it's like here you know like this character that i'm playing like yeah i don't know who that is so again, it, this is sometimes the trouble of like, like a little bit sometimes caught up in American history where it doesn't translate as well. Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> to, to be fair, the the actual content itself doesn't matter. The 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 actual narrative itself doesn't matter. You could pick characters from mm -hmm. any single point of history in any part of the world. the The point is to have the Mel Brooks jokes yeah. and the the witty little observations about life mm -hmm. and the fun wordplay and the that kind of thing. Which you're not going to get in the trailer, to be no. fair. That you know, his jokes they tend to come one after the other. They some of them have build up and so on. So, like whether the history is American or or African or Asian or European doesn't really matter. Uh, but the jokes, just the the jokes that we do get in the trailer, like uh, yeah, I guess that's a yeah. little clever. Okay, cool, but. We'll we'll have to wait and see because yeah. it, his humor doesn't always translate into a bite-sized format of trailers. No. Right. Okay. So let's now shift gears. Now let's talk about um, um, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Right. So we're gonna get, we are gonna go into spoilers at some point in this um, one. Um, we'll try and keep them to the minimum, but th there's gonna be some that we we're gonna just talk about. So if you haven't seen the film, um, this is your opportunity to drop out and then you can come back when you've watched it. I um, or do you want to do a quick, just a quick drop just, before you go? Just a really, really yeah. quick one. Um, I won't even do the review. I'll just say the second stinger, the one at the very end of the movie, not really worth sticking around for. If, you, if you're already going to, then it's just a clip from, from an upcoming show. It's not even like a proper stinger. It's something that's literally from an upcoming show. It'd be the same as like when they, what was it? Spider-Man, I think, had a clip yeah. from Doctor Strange. It's literally yeah. just a clip. It's not even a trailer. Uh, if you've got nowhere to be, go ahead and stick around. But if you if you really if you see, need to pee, just go pee. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not it's not something you need to stick around for. The, I was, the, see, yeah, I just was like the first the credits couple of text were off. 
I'm just watching the credits, so then like so like I'm on my way. So you know the way to pick it's like by the time the credits are live, I walk out and the car pulls out. <laughs> Perfect time. <laughs> so that that's the one thing. And then um I guess it, give the no context review. Watch yeah. good, bad, what were yeah. did you I like loved it? it. I, I yeah. thought it was so much fun. I thought it was a real fun, easygoing blockbuster film. Um easy to watch, lots of lots of action it was kind of a bit star warsy in some way um i i really enjoyed it it was so much fun it was i, I came out of it i was laughing through it um i enjoyed the action um i kind of came out and it was like yeah that was it was a lot of i don't think it was as, it, it was epic but i think it was kind of the expect there's a lot of expectations on this one to pull in um like it was gonna be bigger than it maybe was i mean it was pretty big in scope but it, it, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, th I thought it was a lot of fun, and but I, I enjoyed the both Ant Man movies. Yeah, I like the comedy aspect of the MCU. I know, you know, like Four Love and Thunder. You know, that was one that people didn't quite hit the same. She Hulk. I like having some humor in my movies. It's more entertaining for me. I like that. I don't like, need them all brooding. You know, if I wanted that, I'd go see a DC film. Um, you know, I like having a little bit of humor in it. And yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I enjoyed this quite a bit, but I also did like both of the other Ant-Man movies, including Ant-Man and the Wasp, which seems to be one of the ones that gets lost in the shuffle of, uh, you know, whatever phase it was in. Um, but mostly what you said, it it's a lot of fun. It's very colorful. Uh, the characters are really good. The villain is actually pretty solid in it. Um, and we'll get to see him again in a manner of speaking. Uh, and then... Yeah. And then it, it's, it's got that humor. When people complain about the humor, though, I think that's more along the lines of, like, you have a very serious moment and it doesn't let the serious moment last. It, it undercuts it. Like in Thor Ragnarok, I think, is the classic example. So not Love and Thunder, but Ragnarok. Hmm. Asgard is getting destroyed. And, you know, um, it's supposed to be this big moment. Their home is literally, like, blowing up in front of them. And then Korg's like... Oh, the foundation's gone too, and as like that that stinger joke to kind of undercut. And that's I think what most people are complaining about when they yeah. they say the I, humor. I also think there's um, a big chunk of Marvel fans that don't like humor in mm, any of it, I mean, and I think they want it they want it serious all the time. And I would think going into Ant Man three, we know what the first two were like, <laughs> so you'd kind of be prepared for that. Um, it definitely felt a step away from those two movies. It was um, being in the quantum realm for what ninety nine percent of the film, other than being at Baskin Robbins. Um, you know, it it definitely um, it felt a little bit different. It felt a little bit um, very out of where we normally see him. Yes, it it maintained the humor, but it it felt much more like an epic thing because that was the thing with both the first Ant Man and the second one was they didn't have the epic feeling as we were building up to like the big Thanos Avengers infinity war event, um, or actually in between infinity war and Endgame for, for, uh, the second movie. Whereas this one feels like it is very important to the overall story. Uh, you get a very big picture of one, one of the threads that we're following into a movie that we already know about. And I think, uh, it, it's got a different tone. And I think in terms of tone, uh, this is probably the point where we cut it off. If you don't want spoilers, uh, you should, this is the this is the place to turn it off. Yeah. Okay. So let's now. So now the spoilers out of the way. Let's talk about Modok. Modok. Um, I. It's that kind of thing of like I like in some ways what they did 
but at the same time, it wasn't Modoc. It was something different. Um, um, I kind of give him a pass on it because I actually think it worked quite well. It actually brought it brought a little bit more of the first movie. It kind of brought the trilogy into like there was a connection. Um, yeah, I, I like that a little bit. But I I I felt like when Mod- Modoc's kind of a big enough villain that he kind of could, you know, he, you know, we had the whole Avengers game where he was the main villain. And he feels like he could be a guy. And I feel like with the multiverse, we could they could still do Modoc um, somewhere else and then bring him in properly. I hope they don't though. I I don't want the multiverse to be the reset button on uh, trying to do characters again. It has worked for them so far. It's been nice to have to be able to go. Oh, you know, Black Bolt. The the Inhuman show was kind of well, was junk. Um, and here's a chance to have Black Bolt again in uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. And yeah, th- there's some fun to that. But I really don't want it to be the, the all right, we tried something with Taskmaster in Black Widow and people didn't like it. So we're going to bring real, real Taskmaster in from this other universe and and or Modoc or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that but was, it, yeah, yeah. It, it does leave that avenue open. I hope they don't use it too much or, or use it very sparingly. Yeah. I think it's more the fact that because Modoc's so different because you don't have aim and all the, the you know him being a, a major villain that could have been used in other things. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely interesting how all that worked together. Uh, he wasn't. I don't think he actually was needed. They didn't need him in there. They could have just done if they didn't have him. They wouldn't needed it. They could have just had another Hunchman or something like that. I think they didn't need Modoc specifically, but he was a convenient way to bring that character, uh, the Yellow Jacket character from yeah. the first movie, back. Um, because you know, it was fairly definitively like oh, he got crushed to death in the first movie. Um, and then this way actually kind of like, oh, we can have the character, it it closes an arc, it gives somebody for Cassie to fight, uh, or to redeem, depending yeah. on your point of view. Uh it worked out fine in the movie, and and honestly, I'm perfectly fine. I know Modoc is considered a major villain. Uh, you know, he had his own TV show, as you said, he was the the villain of the Avengers video game. But he's such a weird villain. Trying to do him in an, a live action movie yeah, I, I was like never the, yeah. was never going to be easy. Yeah, the face kind of was really weird how it looked. It it was. It's very very disconcerting to look at with an actual human face versus a comic book face. But I I kind of actually kind of like that. Not the and they leaned on the, it. And they leaned in it. They just kept going at it the aesthetics were weird but i i think that was actually in its favor because modok is supposed to be a weird looking character so that was that was pretty cool um kang he's so good he is very good (laughs) i i care more about him in the villain uh role here than i did about thanos in the entirety of phase one through three uh I, I feel like he got more fleshed out as a villain in this movie alone plus if you add in the scenes from loki season one than anything we got for Thanos. And I feel like he is going to be popping up in everything in the next three years. I well, think he's going to... A version of him, anyway, yeah. Well, this is the thing, because it's funny, because I was I, when I walked in, this and this like teenager like, said, oh, what do you think is going to happen to Kang? And I went, he's going to die. <laughs> and, I was just like, and I was like, well, because they can. Because it's like this weird thing of they, they can kill him off, because there's so many of them. You know, it's like, and you never quite get that. You might not get the one that you're after. Um, I, yeah, no, I, yeah. That said, I would have kind of liked to have this particular version of Kang as like a long running villain. It, 
it does feel like a bit of a cop out to have a Kang and then kill him at the end of the movie and then have a Kang and kill him at the end of the movie. And then there's Immortus and kill him at the end of the movie, etc. It would be nice to have a consistent Kang that you can identify with throughout phase mm. five and six. But I think they're definitely leaning in on the, the opposite of that, of going, mm. you know, we're going to use the multiverse. And that scene, obviously, in the credits with all the Kangs just set up like, okay, they're all this this person no matter what version he's in is just and that is got something yeah yeah the one thing i wish they had done with that scene was to have more variations of kang not just variations of whatever vest he's wearing so we have the three ones you know the the triumvirate but then all the other kangs functionally look like the same kang yeah and it would have been nice there was a few that looked a bit different alien versions of them yeah but not much ultimately no. right or they had some battle scars or you know the yeah. you know the vest would be like more circular or more rounded or more square or something like that 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 was kind of the variation that they went with and i would have i would like for them to go you know different ones or even use like a couple different actors in there too yeah. to, to highlight the fact you know we've got spider-man over here and he's got andrew garfield and Loki. uh and and Loki and so forth. So I would have liked to see a couple other actors, but I know they're, they're trying to establish this is Kang. If you yeah. see this guy in the mil- in the movie, this is Kang. Yeah. It's, it's definitely pretty cool with how all that comes together. It's, it's, it's just really interesting to see how this comes in. Um, it was kind of interesting that they kind of leaned in a little bit more on Janet and what she was up to. Cause obviously we hadn't really seen that. Bill Murray kind of, they could have not even done that scene. It didn't seem to have anything it, to it. It, that you could have done that with anybody. There, there were tons of different ways to do it. It was very much a, haha, we got Bill Murray and here's Bill Murray being Bill Murray. And uh, he ate an octopus and now the octopus is going to eat him. And that was, that was the scene, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I'm always down for more Bill Murray content, but it, if I was going to cut a scene, that would probably be the one to go yeah. with. Yeah, it just it just was wasn't needed. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it was definitely. I mean, it looked very different. It was very much a volume kind of, you know, filmed on a set. Um, I kind of liked the aspect, how it looked. I mean, it looked epic. I mean, nice to see him as big as like giant man and actually doing stuff a little bit more. And you know, I thought that was good of him kind of doing it. And, and yeah, overall, I I just I just came out of it and was like that was just fun. Mm-hmm. It was just a fun. I wouldn't even say, I would say like a dumb blockbuster, but it was just a fun superhero movie. Um, um, I, to be honest, there was a kind of thing with it where they could have taken Wasp out of it and it wouldn't have made much of a difference. Um, she didn't really have much in it. Well, it really was her mother. Uh, yeah. Janet was the, the main character. The Wasp, um, the Hope Van Dyne was, of course, yeah. you know, she, she's there more because she has to be it she does have important scenes individual scenes but you could have done it with anything like coming out of the the portal at the end could have been hope or it could have been uh janet or or anything like that so or even just have ant-man actually win that would have been no i actually i actually preferred him not being able to take no i don't know did you catch um because in the trailer there was i think i think he said um i don't have to win i just you just don't have to lose and i don't remember that actually being in the movie was it in there? Or did they cut it out? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I distinctly yeah. remember him saying, yeah. um, we both have to lose. You know, yeah. that, that was, it, I mean, it, it yeah. was in that fight. So I remember maybe yeah. there was a different release for the UK version. I don't know. I don't but know. Uh, but I, I do distinctly remember that line in yeah. the movie. 
but no, I, I overall I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to watching it again when it drops on Disney Plus. Probably going to be, I'd say, probably eight to ten weeks, probably a little bit longer. Um, it'd be in, it's really weird because this one's got a real strange phenomenon of like the critics were really split on it but the audience score and the audience social media response to it has been really positive along the lines of it's not as depth it's not got as much detail and it's not as deep as we maybe would have liked for some people for some people but i think there's that kind of thing like oh it was so fun and it was it was a bit stupid but you know you know talking broccoli um it, it did the broccoli i think you ever talk i don't no. know yes it did yeah it, ch it chatted up hope oh that's, that's right it did up. yeah um, but yeah, it, I, I just feel like it was like, I think there was an almost thing of like, maybe the expectations of this were a lot higher than it actually was. And that's what the problem was. Um, for me, I, it was, it, I really enjoyed it. I was so much, it was just fun. I remember it just, it, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's like, having just recently watched like Black Panther Wakanda forever. It's like, that wasn't a fun film to watch. Like this was fun. You know, this is, it, you, know, you were laughing, you were, there was big, you know, blockbuster stuff. It was just a lot of fun. Right. And Black Panther shouldn't have been fun. Yeah. Not not in the traditional Marvel sense, because it's dealing with the death of Black Panther, even yeah. though, you know, that wasn't the story they were going to go with. They just had to kind of deal with some real life things that happened. And then also, of course, Sherry coming to terms with the death of uh, Ramonda as well, which mm -hmm. was a huge scene in that movie. Uh, and this is this is a different film. This is going back to more like phase two, phase one kind of action blockbuster. Don't think too hard about it that definitely don't think too hard about this the, the longer you think about it more pieces kind of like wait what but um when it comes to critics and this will include us as well remember critics tend to watch a lot more than the average audience does and so things that don't um you know bring something new to the table often get dropped down lower than things that uh you know there's critics do tend to fall into that like you know this maybe wasn't that great a movie and i'm not talking about ant-man here yeah. the, this maybe wasn't that great a movie but it did something that i had never seen before and so it stands out more in my mind so i'm going to rate it higher whereas in a regular audience member who has not become jaded by the same film coming out every single week for three four years uh can co go into this movie well i haven't watched every single film so ant-man is a lot more fun for me yeah uh, so always take critic scores including ours with a grain of yeah. salt and through that lens and i also feel as well it's like you know like with us when we're talking about stuff we're very open about what we like and what we don't like mm -hmm. um but and also that i'm i i tend to not be i'll be i like i tend to like big blockbuster stuff mm -hmm. you know, and then that's kind of where i tend to come in that like some of the deeper stuff just it's like i don't find it as as, as interesting I, as half the critic stuff of i see them like raving about a movie and i fall asleep for it <laughs> Right. And, and I kind of I, I have a bit more middle ground where I love the blockbusters, but I'm also perfectly down for a bit more of a cerebral film, something that makes you think or is maybe a little more, uh, well, a lot more serious and you know contemplative about life kind of things. But you've got to be in the right mindset yeah. for it. If you're going into Ant-Man hoping for like a big philosophical debate on what the there, nature there of is reality. One. Don't be a dick. No, don't be a dick. <laughs> that, that is the... That's the end. That's the name of the episode today. That, that is that is the moral of the movie as spoken by the giant head of Modoc. Yes. Don't be a dick. That's the. Yes. But if you if you're looking for like 
you know, a scientific analysis of what multiverse theory is and what quantum theory is. This is not that movie. I I don't think people are actually expecting that. I'm just saying, you you go into a movie with expectations. You don't go into Avatar expecting, you know, uh, you know, Titanic or something like that. You go into Avatar to see giant blue people fighting the evil humans and saving their planet from. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, us. Yeah, we're the bad guys. Sorry, spoilers. We're the bad guys. <laughs> right. On that note, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode. And on that note, guys, thank you very much. See you guys soon. Laters. Later. And don't be a dick. Thank you very much for watching this video. Make sure you go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. Like, follow, and subscribe. Also, a huge thank you to all of our supporters over on Patreon and also on our YouTube channel memberships. And I'll just see you guys in another video. Laters.